A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In this podcast, I talk about Middlesbrough's win against Bristol City. I talk about the importance of Derby County and Middlesbrough's playoff hopes, along with the introduction of fan questions, um, with predicted lineups and the all-important score prediction. This is the Borough Breakdown. I'm Johnny Bullock. Let's get right down to it. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown with me, Johnny Bullock. This is the first podcast since the release of our Twitter page. Um, it's at the Bora underscore breakdown. Um, firstly, thank you very much for following the page and engaging so far and listening to the podcast. Um, we initially wanted to trial this and just to see how it went. Um, and we've had some really good engagement from it. So we're going to continue this podcast and we start. we are starting to build some traction and get some guests lined up um, for throughout the summer. So we're hoping to to keep this podcast going um, throughout and until the new season starts. Um, We have a guest on next week. We've got Yusuf coming on. Um, Yusuf has just became a local celebrity um, with, with matches this season with his antics, but Yusuf speaks a lot of sense and he it's quite refreshing to hear his perspective on games. Um if you've ever caught him on Borofan TV at all, he does speak a lot of sense and I can't wait to actually have him on next week um and record the podcast and understand why he supports Mother Football Club, how come he follows them and you know, just his favourite stories, memories and of course his all time Borough Eleven. Um but for right now this is looking ahead to Derby County, um, and as always, I always start with the the game beforehand, and of course that was Bristol City, um, a story of the set plays really, wasn't it, you know, um, the power of the set plays, that one is the football match, and it's something that's becoming really effective for us at the minute, and you know, a lot of people can slate set, pit, set plays, but it's something that will always win you a football match because you have so much control of that situation. It's very rare during a match that you have control of the game, even with or without the ball. Um, within a set play, you can kind of dictate how things play out. Um, and it seems that we, we did that very well with the man running towards the front post and leaving that gap for a defender to either be left at the back post or 
you know, well, yeah, towards the back post. Um, and it happens so much. It doesn't matter how well you can defend it, either zonal or man mark, we seem to just get that space and and score goals from it. And I can't believe Daniel Ayala is on in the form that he is, but it's it's unbelievable to watch to see Danny Ayala scoring goals. It's a simple game football. Um, you can always talk about tactics and breakdowns, which I wish I do in depth. But it can be such a simple game at times. You know, the likes of like Allardyce and Pulis have made a living on simple football. Now, um, whether that be the long ball or a set like a long throw in the box, a good touch um, by the player, it can just help you win in so many ways. Um, another example of simple football in general was Manchester City against, I think it was against Everton, where it was just a long ball over the top. Oh no, was it Everton? It might have been Tottenham. You know, it was definitely Tottenham, um, where it was just a long ball over the, over the uh, Davis and Sanchez and Gabriel Jesus just ran through and, and knocked it in. So you can have the beauty, the beauty of playing tick attack of football. But they also the long ball it can be just effective. Um, overall though, I thought the performance was was okay. Um, we played well in waves like we always do. We're very much like a one half sixty minute type team. We're not playing relentless football, which Jurgen Klopp and David Wagner at Huddersfield, you know, try to play that real aggressive, relentless type football. We're not that type of team. We're very much waves and. We just invite pressure too much when we go ahead or when we score, we just seem to sit back a little bit more and we need, we do need to adjust that. And I think Pulis knows that with his experience, we will have to change that at times. But it was an okay performance. We played, like I mentioned, played well in waves. We showed real grit to, to win the football match and that's something that we haven't really been doing much this season. I said in the previous podcast that I feel like Middlesbrough's season just has never got going at all um, whether that's just from inconsistency or performances we've just never really seen that that heart and desire and just determination to win against your direct rivals um, and it was a really good result for us against Bristol City um, I didn't think that they were great at all um, I thought they were a little bit inconsistent in their play and they just didn't get going as much there is one player which did stand out for me, and that was Marlon Pack in the midfield for them. Um, he, I thought he had a, he had a great game dictating the play for them, and it was just one moment in the game in the game where a lot of fans looked at me in the south stand where he the ball came out to him and he just looked to shoot. But he did that re- reverse pass, um, and it just fooled everyone, and I just went, "Oh wow!" And everyone just looked at me thinking I was a Bristol City fan, but. You can't. You have to appreciate good football at times. Um, but no, it was a really big three points, and hopefully we bring this result against Bristol City into the Derby game. So let's really break down Derby. You know, um, Derby of course have been are inconsistent at the minute, but I think they've been great for most of the season. I think Gary Routes did a, an exceptional job at Derby. Um, he's done an exceptional job at Birmingham as well. Um, he's he seems to be a very very good manager. Um, just getting teams to play in the right way as well. Um, you know when we were at the Riverside, of course, this season we did shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, and 
allowed them to get all three points quite comfortably, but it was just one of those things. It was just one of those one of those games for me, I think. But they're out of form at the minute. We've just beat Bristol City. So this kind of leads me down to tactics and the first question of our fans' question. It was from Tom Flight. And Tom actually, Tom said, um, I'll just read the, the, the tweet out. He said, how should we approach the Derby game? We were playing well at home, but they destroyed us on the break and we fell apart. They seem to do well against good teams, but struggle to break down weak teams. Should we keep it tight or really go for it as their confidence is low? Um, and you can find Tom at Tom Flight as well if you're looking to, to tweet him. Um, so let's break it down. You know, home game, like I mentioned, we, we battered them with set plays. Um, and we were able to break them down on the wings. We got the ball out wide. We were knocking balls into the box. We just couldn't score. I remember Carson's amazing save from British on, but long away, he clawed it out. And then they just went the other end and just passed and moved. Vidra scored a lovely goal to, to open the scoring. But there was still optimism in the air, and we thought, well, we're probably going to get back into this game, and we're going to try and kick on, and I think we'll get something. Really never happened. 47th minute, we passed the ball away and gave away a penalty, and they went and scored it. So we... We just pissed it away, and we did that either by a penalty. We Ayala got sent off. We Randolph made a mistake. We just blew it. Um, I didn't think there was there was much in the game at all um, besides those three goals, and I didn't think they were perfect either. I think it was more or less a comedy of errors. So what should Middlesbrough do in this game against Derby? Uh, what what should we do? I think I think. Tom, I think Millsbury should go there and be confident um, and get on the ball. Um, and if we lose it, you know, get Bezic or or Ledbitter um, or House and all, Clayton, whoever's playing in that midfield, you know, put in a big tackle um, in the centre of the pitch and say, you know, stamp your authority on the game and say, you know what, we deserve this. We deserve to be in the playoffs. You guys don't. And, you know, really take the game by the scruff of the neck and kick on from that. Um, and you know that first goal against Derby I think will be crucial but knowing Pulis and his style and his experience I can see Pulis sitting and starting off tight um, for the, the first 20, setting up his team to, set, to start tight sorry um, and make it very difficult for them for the first 20 minutes. You know, the crowd's going to be up for it, of course. They know they've beat us at the Riverside. They're going to have confidence. They're going to go for it. That first 20 minutes is going to be vital. Um, you've got to try and, in that first 20 minutes, make the fans restless. And, you know, just be cautious on how we play and how we break them down. Um, after that 20 minutes, if we're able to get authority in the game and you know put in those big challenges and use those set players to our advantage, advantage like we did against them at the Riverside and when we get the first goal it can be a very very difficult night for, for Derby um, and we can really get a lot of confidence from that so the answer to the question is I think we'll sit tight early on but I think we'll open up as the game goes on um, and hopefully get that first goal. And if we do that, I believe we'll kick on and, and win the football match. 
So the second question actually leads quite well um, from from Tom's, and it's from Thomas Wheatley. Um, it was on the Everything MFC Facebook page. Um, he says, how do you see the rest of the season panning out, including potentially playoffs? And how do you feel about Pulis reign compared to Monks? And do you feel we could have ended up, ended up going up under Gary Monk? So it's a bit part... Um, question and I'm going to try and make this I'm going to break it down a, a little bit for you um, so rest of the season <laughs> it all depends on the results of course and we that is the easiest answer you can anyone, anyone could give you um, but like I mentioned there if we score the first goal and gain confidence and beat Derby then the playoffs is ours to lose really um, it's it's a huge, huge opportunity derby, um, and of course we're playing Millwall as well, and we've got Ipswich, which are big games as well. But this one has the big, I think, I believe, has the biggest impact on our season so far. Um, so how do I really, how do I see that the end of the season panning out, panning out, Thomas? Um, I think playoffs is a definite. Um, I think we'll I think we'll get we'll get there, um, and I think we'll finish probably fifth out of the lot, and I think we'll stay where we are, and we'll pick up points against Derby, and I think we'll pick up points against Ipswich and and uh, Millwall. But how many points do we need out of those three games? I think we do. We we need seven at a push. I think we we have to get seven to. To really confirm our position in in the playoff places, um, but if the playoffs were starting, can we go up? Do we deserve to go up? I think our season will end in the playoffs. Um, I, I don't think we'll we'll go up this season. Um, I don't think we deserve to go up this season. I know deserving and actually doing it are completely different things, but I just don't think Middlesbrough have been good enough this season. They haven't really got going. We just haven't seem to to click at all and maybe that's the change of management which I'm going on to but we just seem we just haven't seemed to have that cutting edge um had that character like other teams had um like obviously of course like Wolves for a fine example of that um of that character and that ability to grind out a result we just haven't been able to do that it's a lot's been a lot said that being said though we've been shit this season but we're still in fifth place so it's it's a funny old league the championship um whether it's a good standard or not you know we're still in fifth place but I can see Millsbury's season uh, ending in the playoffs and us really rebuilding um in the in in the summer of course so the difference between Pulis and, and Monk for example and I like. I actually quite like this part of the question, uh, Thomas. So thank you for for submitting this. But the difference be, between Pulis and the Pulis reign and the and the Monk reign uh, are all down to experience. Experience is absolutely priceless in football. Um, I know in the previous podcast I talked about Ledbetter. Um, is he gone? Is he gone? Is he you know a bit part player? Um, but in management, having that experience and gaining that authority on the training ground um, is very much, I think I mentioned, it's priceless, absolutely priceless. 
But with that in mind, Pulis has done a di- one thing as well different to Monk. He's gave Middlesbrough an absolute structure and how we play. You know, under Gary Monk, it was very much chop change, chop change, and we never really had a, a direct structure. We never knew how we were going to play. We always alternated between 4-2-3-1, of course. We never really tried three at the back, which I'm a big advocate of, and I think we should have done that with when we had the likes of Christy and Fabio pushing up the wings. But... I think I think Pulis is probably a better man to take us up than what Monk is. Um, I think it's unfo- I think Monk was unfortunate, um, and I explain this. I'll explain this. And Monk is still perfecting his craft as a manager. He's still very young um, in the managerial game. He's only in his mid thirties. Um, but did he deserve more time? Probably yes. Um, but People do forget that Monk had a massive job on his hands and it just didn't work out for him. Um, people, I think people forget how shit, how much shit we were in when we got relegated. There was no dressing room. I toured left. Agnew wasn't sticking around. It was a huge job and I think Pulis is that experienced head which Millsborough need to rebuild and to get ourselves back in the Premier League. So, would we have went up with Monk? I don't think so. Um, we just didn't have that structure. And I think we would have been fighting for the playoffs, but I don't think we would have been in there. I think with Pulis's experience and direction of play, and gave us a new, new, new lease of life with the throw-ins, corners and what have you, and the direct approach, um, I think that's just got us over the line, I think. And, of course, he's brought up the best of Chayori as well, which is incredible to to see. So the answer really, no, I don't think we would have went up with Monk. Um, but I thought Monk was unfortunate and deserved more time. But Pulis is probably the better man to take us up. And I think Pulis will, will get it right if he is given time to, to take us up there and establish us back in the Premier League. So, question number three. Um, this question comes from uh, John Harrison. Is his Twitter handle is jharrison12488. And he's asked me who the player of the season is. Um, of course, the season's not over. Um, but there is, we've played the majority of the games. And I was thinking quite long for this, and I still haven't really got an answer, so I'm hoping it just comes to me. Um, I broke it down to to five players who can potentially be player of the year. And I'd like to hear everyone's thoughts on this as well. So the five I went for, and I'm going br- to explain, is I went with Daniel Ayala, Patrick Bamford, Traore, Ben Gibson, and Britta Sombolonga. <laughs> um, people are probably thinking, what for Britta Sombolonga? Why the hell is he even being considered? So my point is this. I don't think there's been, I think there hasn't been many players this season where they've been excellent all season long. It's been very much bit part. You know, Traore has just really started to flourish um, from December onwards. Bamford's starting to score goals. Britt at the start of the season scored like 12 goals before Christmas. Ben Gibson's been that vocal 
consistent centre-back, but hasn't done too much going forward. So you're thinking, well, can he contribute? And then it comes to Ayala. So Ayala is... I can't really explain it, but I hate watching Daniel Ayala play at times because I think he's just a liability at the back sometimes. Um, especially under Gary Monk's era, I thought Ayala was shocking. Um, but he started to recover his form under Pulis, and he did that under Cranker as well, so it's obviously depending on what manager is watching him. But then going forward, Ayala's always been a threat. So I think based on the deci- on that decision, I think my player of the season so far is Daniel Ayala. Um, for a player who is keeping us strong at the back now, which he wasn't early in the season, but he started to, but he's also contributing at the other end of the pitch as well. The fact that he's the third top scorer in our team is remarkable, um, and he deserves a lot of credit for that, and so does Pulis for that style and allowing him to go up the pitch and making him be a threat. Um, but... Yeah, you know what he is. Yeah, he's he's going to be my my player of the season so far. Um, he still has a lot of work to do, Daniel Ayala, <laughs> to become really established. But um, in a Premier League football, <laughs> an established Premier League footballer, but he's a threat up and down the pitch. He's an absolute threat. So fair play to him. He's my player of the season so far. So as I look to lead towards the end. This of this podcast, um, I'll go down towards the the final question of who should we play, um, Britta Sambalonga or Patrick Bamford, um, and this question has been submitted by two seconds. I'm just trying to follow it, uh, find it. Sorry, because um, my phone keeps going off. Um, so this is from a clinical Adama hashtag thirty seven and he's at clinical Adama. Um, he said, "Should we play Bamford or Brit?" Um, so it's all down to opinion in this question. You know, it's who you prefer. Um, I personally, on his day, prefer Brit Asomba longer to Patrick Bamford. I think Brit offers you more going forward. I think he's a bit more strong. He can hold the ball up. He can play off the wingers. You know, and he's a poacher in that box. Whilst Patrick's a little bit different, so Patrick likes that through ball. He's technically gifted. Um, he's very skillful. He's silky on the ball. He he can be a delight. He can be a delight to watch, uh, Patrick at times. But if if it was me, I would choose Brit, um, and I think Pulis probably will as well. If Patrick's not fit, you know, Bamford of course went off with a serious head injury. Um, against against Bristol City and it was a bit worrying that how he went off and how he fell um, and Aidan Flint deserves a lot of respect for what he did um, in that moment but I think it's it, I personally think Pulis will stick oh, it's a tough one no? I, I keep going back and forth but I think Pulis will go for Bamford um, if Bamford's fit um, as Britt hasn't been scoring as of late, and he's he just looks a bit, a bit lost, loss of confidence, um, going forward. But I think once Britt scores, you know, fucking hell, then I think it's Britt all day for me. Um, so let's move on to the lineups, um, the predicted lineup. I think Middlesbrough should 
Field, my personal opinion, first, I'm going to go with Randolph in goal. I think we'll play shot on right back um, with the usual back four of Ayala, Gibson, Friend. Midfield three, um, Bezic, Housen and uh, Clayton. And then up front, I think it'll be this. I think it'll be the same again. Adama, Downing, and, and uh, Bamford, and I think Pulis will do the same. I think Pulis will really will will name the same team that beat that that beat Bristol City. But I think the one change to the bench will, of course, bring Lampeter into the team, um, in, into the eighteen man squad, and so I think he'll do that and. The score predictions, as I always like to do these. Um, score prediction, tough one. I'm going to say Middlesbrough will win 1-0. It's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. And it's going to show, it needs to show character and we need to bring confidence into it. Um, and I think we'll score for set play. Um, but I don't think it be Daniel Ayala. I think Ben Gibson's going to score. Um, I know Ben's been consistent throughout the season and I know I mentioned it with the player of the season remark that he hasn't done anything going forward so I'm hoping he'll prove me wrong this time and, and get one for us so this is it this is the end of the podcast as always thank you very much for listening I hope you share um, and engage with the podcast as well and i like to leave you on this on this question um, and I want to take part of Tom Thomas Wheatley's question of um, do you feel we could have went up under Gary Monk? I'll leave the poll on the feed and we'll post this on the Everything MFC page as well as mine as well. So this has been the Borough Breakdown. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back Tuesday, hopefully, with Yusuf and with a special guest. So there's a lot of things to look forward to, um, but I hope you enjoyed this podcast.